Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. All right, we are live, and we have a very special, uh, rare moment in time where uh, I get the pleasure of having my older brother, Sven, who is a master sailmaker. He's had a career in the business uh, for, well, I'll let him get into it, but... Uh, Sven was the guy who got my sails, which I used to do a lap around the world and have continued to serve me for close to uh, 50, 60,000 miles and uh, still haven't had to take them in for repairs. So he definitely knows his stuff and he's been around the block all over the world doing his thing. And uh, welcome, Sven. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no it's. Uh pretty interesting to be on a podcast with your brother <laughs> yeah right well i remember that first one that we tried when i was early off doing this uh it was just you and i we were we we're definitely pretty drunk and yeah uh, doesn't help when you're half in the bag. no it, it was we're, I, we're gonna try the plan is to do this one's gonna be the the topic's really gonna be about about sail making and that whole side of the industry and sven's experiences through your experiences in it and uh and then hopefully then maybe later we'll do one because Sven, it, besides being a sailmaker, he's an ardent uh, follower of what's going on politically and uh, economically and everything that's going on in the world. So it could be a sweet deep dive. I like to think myself pretty well read. Yes, yeah, 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 that too. That too. What's your audible reading list up to? I think it's like two hundred and seventy-one nonfiction. Nonfiction. You gotta. <laughs> you have to put that in there. Yeah, I'm not sitting there reading, you know, novels. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I believe my book is in there as well. It should be. Oh, absolutely, it is. In fact, I read your book in uh, one sitting. Nice. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I, there was, there was some other sailing book that I had purchased. It was it was pretty good. It was a guy who sails to Hawaii by himself, and it that book is actually pages wise. I think it's shorter than mine, but yeah. his was about ten hours, so it was double the time. And it's because he talked like this, this. as he read it, <laughs> and I I thought to myself, man, you know that's that's a little because you can. On Audible, you can change the speed, so you can slow mine down if you want, oh, or you can okay. speed it up even. So, yeah, I mean, I just did it one. You know, I just did, it was a full work day. You know? Right, right. And you just yeah. throw it in. Yeah, it actually won't in. even fill up a work day unless you take a couple breaks and have to pause it. Right. Well, it, it filled up the work day because I had to pause it for lunch. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. There you go. Well, uh, I guess you know, I, I figure we might as well just start kind of at the beginning. Um, you started your sale making career here in Northern Michigan at just a local shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here in Harbor Springs, um, at, uh, Irish boat shop. I believe at the time I started dipping my toe in the water, it was called Irish sales. And then it switched mm -hmm. over to, uh, uh, I believe Northern Michigan sales and canvas or something, something like, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. We used to use them when I was running the water sports at Michigania. Yeah. It was, uh, Kathy Hahn who sort of, uh, adopted the loft from, uh, David Irish. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But God, my God, that was whew, 
over i don't even know 25 years ago keep keep that mic nice and close there yeah yeah. you've got you've got that really low sort of smoky voice no i'll get a little bit closer it's a great Uh, (laughs) thanks uh yeah that was like that was like 25 years ago or something like that. and how old were you uh well i started hanging around the loft because a buddy of mine this guy casey o'toole he he was working there he started when he was 16 Right. So, I mean, that was like right when you're first driving a car where you can actually go to work. I don't I don't know what the labor laws were at the time. Right, <laughs> the right. Kids, yeah. But, but uh, he started working there and I was just hanging around there and, and he was a powerboat dude and, and somehow found himself in a sail loft. So I don't, I don't know. He wasn't particularly wedded to the job. You know, and right. so, and so, uh, one, I believe one winter I went and, uh, um, he was at, off at university and, and, and I was taking a break from school and, uh, got in there and was an actual real employee. And then within about two weeks, I was like, this is what I want to do. It was that fast. Yeah, it was that fast. What, yeah. what was it about about it? Is it just the I, creating I, things? And being I, like, oh, there, my God, look what I did. Well, when I reflect on it, there's a couple things, right? Um, one is the manufacturing side of it, becoming a fabricator. Yeah. You know, I thought that that was really cool. Like, literally. Creating. T- well, you, you, in, the be- in the beginning there, they were actually making sales there. Yeah. And so... You would receive a bolt of cloth, which is a uh, a roll of cloth on a fifty. It's fifty four inches wide, on a you know cardboard tube, and you're like, at the end of the day, this is going to become a sale. Right. I mean, it is like a blank piece of paper, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the other thing is, it was pretty pretty chill. It was a pretty chill environment. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. It was everyone. Music playing. Yeah, like... music playing. You got the hits on. You know, you're just having a good time. And uh, the other thing was it was clean. It was clean work. You're not dirty at the end of the day. I you like know. the desert because it's clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get into that later. I like but I mean, I mean, I mean, you and I both, you and I both know that oh, after know working what, at Ballard's. Yeah, we know what dirty work is. We know what dirty work is. I, I work in a boatyard to this day. So yeah, yeah, I come exactly. Home filthy, exactly. And so, and 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 it was during the winter when I started working there. I. I believe I believe it was a summer then a winter, and it was also nice because you didn't leave the loft, you didn't have to go work out in the snow. You know, you, yeah, you weren't yeah. outside. You know, I mean, as cool as construction is, which I hats off to those guys. Um, this is just sort of like small construction inside, inside, yeah, <laughs> very clean, nice and, warm and, room. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, there was just something also. Um, hypnotic about uh, operating an industrial sewing machine that I just, it, I don't know, I just, it just sort of hip, hypnotizes me. I, I don't know. How long did it take to uh, sort of learn the ropes on the sewing machine? Um, well, usually you, as a as a sailmaker, like if you were an apprentice, like in, let's say, Europe or Australia or New Zealand, they wouldn't let you touch a machine for like a year. Yeah. You know, because if a machine goes down, the loft goes down. Right, right, it's like the 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 rule of thumb in sail making is is the sound of a running sewing machine is the sound of making money. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and if, it, if you can't hear that sound, it's not a good thing. Yeah, it's like game over. You know, at least until you get it up and running again. Yeah, and and they're very easy to. Um, uh, the term is called knock out of time. 
and uh, and if you knock a machine out of time, it, it's actually pretty complicated to get it back into time. I mean, maybe not for a sewing machine mechanic, but your average sail maker, they'll be working on it for a couple hours. And oh, so. yeah. I've, I've had to do that just with my little sail right where I've screwed it up to the point where, yeah, I've had yeah, it to won't pick up go a stitch. inside of it and replace parts. And- yeah, yeah. So they usually don't let you on, but because we were such a small loft, I got thrown on a machine like too sweet yeah yeah you know and uh and so i was in the pit which is you know the the sewing machines for those who don't know the sewing machines are level with the floor so you can so you're actually sitting inside of a you know a dugout you know and so you can the the sail moves along the floor and uh so i was i was in the pit for like you know six months just sewing, just, sewing just miles, miles. Of stitching. Yeah, yeah, and and that helped me because um, what ended up happening was I apparently I loved it enough and showed up to work enough and you know so it stitched fast enough that uh, one winter uh, Kathy who owned the loft she was just like uh, you've you've worked yourself out of a job we don't have any more sales to repair you've oh wow yeah she said you fixed them all yeah it's and it's and it's still february (laughs) (laughs) so in michigan those boats are you know in the in on the hard yeah there's nothing going on there's nothing going on and so she was like well you know i see that you really like it and blah 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 um you know you might want to think of moving to a, a more sailing hot spot if you want to continue doing this job yeah. and uh and so I, I looked at the map and i i i pretty much saw that i i, I did know that i wanted to move to the east coast and i and i took a look at uh annapolis and uh hotbed of sailing activity yeah and newport uh newport rhode island and uh and sort of, I actually talked between the two, a couple of sail makers between there. It was it was North Sales at the time. You yeah, know, both both places, North Sales, Annapolis, North Sales, um, uh, Rhode Island or Newport, and uh, and I was just like, you know what? Um, yeah, because at the time uh, our grandmother was still alive, and I was like, you know what? You know, Gloucester's only an hour and a half drive or whatever. And I was like, you know, it'll be nicer to be closer to family, right? Right. You know, and uh, so Newport it was, you know, for and that was the that was the start of it. You know. So a year or two at, at the small loft, the local place, and then yeah. you just sent your resumes out, and they they picked you up. I did actually. The phone, um, I, I I peppered a lot of uh, lofts, and the phone was actually off the hook for a couple of days. With people looking for. Oh Look really? At, so yeah. it was like right time sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was um, at the time, you know, uh, offshore one design was really huge. Um, you know, they had far forties, mum thirties. Yeah, yeah. You know, affordable and race boats. I, IMX forties. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, and 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 they were huge, and, and so big fleets. These, yeah, big fleets, and and those sails were still being built in America. You know the offshore one design sales, mm-hmm. and um, by North mostly, right? By, by North sales, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if the product was so 
high quality at the 3DL level, which was the product at the time. Yeah. I mean, you if you really wanted to win, you sort of had, you had to, to. Yeah, you, you had, had to have them. Yeah. And that was them. that was what mid 2000. Now, like no, that, that would have been uh, I I moved out to Rhode Island uh, October of 1999. Oh, 99. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and that and then just went straight into the deep end. Of the yeah. pool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you think of a place to cut your teeth in the sail making world, I would say Newport, Rhode Island, North Sales is probably the place uh, to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, because it was still a manufacturing facility, which was incredible. You know, you, you honestly, what you ended up having is a bunch of young male college dropouts who are on the sailing team yeah trying to make beer money you know i mean that's what it was but everyone was an avid sailor yeah you know in fact in fact when i first moved there uh we had a, a um a work schedule of uh it was uh four tens right because mm. the, the regattas all start on friday oh right right and, and so they would let everyone go sailing on friday you know in order to be with the customers that you just made the sales for and 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 then and in newport there's a regatta every weekend yeah multiple know. i would think right oh oh yeah sometimes you have to choose you know yeah, <laughs> which one am i gonna do <laughs> yeah yeah but uh but yeah i mean newport rhode island was really the the best thing that sort of happened to me as far as sail making because you just right into the deep end yeah 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 and how how long were you there for i was there for seven years seven years jeez yeah. Yeah. And that was when Kenny Reed was there. And- still, I mean, still is. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, it was, it was Dan Neary and Kenny Reed's loft. And in fact, they had just, uh, I believe they had just changed over from Somstad uh, to Norsales. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, they, uh, they had just been acquired by Norsales. And, you know, and that was, I mean, Tom Whitten's still there, but that was, you know, the big Tom Whitten days, the Jay Hansen days. And so it was a big acquisition. You know, and so we just started automatically right at, right out of the gate um, making 3DL offshore one design, right? Which was which is which is cool. Which is cool. I mean, the guys who were working there were all really skilled. The tolerances were extremely tight. You know, I don't think any sale didn't ever measure in. You know, it was it was. It was, it was, we were making some pretty good gear. Not if Dolph had something to say about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dolph yeah, gave it. Yeah. Was, it, was it pretty intimidating to just roll out there from this little sail off? Uh, yeah, it was. But because I had learned how to sew so well on mediocre machines in northern Michigan, that when I jumped behind a, a, a really big machine that was well maintained, yeah. Um, I, I was able to fly, and oh, so okay. and wow. so so when I showed up, I uh, they're like, you know how to stitch, and I'm like, yeah, I know how to stitch, and so I I punched out a couple sails, and they're like, oh sweet dude, you know exactly what you're doing, yeah, and uh, and so I mean, I for the first nine months, I didn't leave the pit. I was just like, we got it. We got one. Oh, yeah, right. we got so one. Get yeah. back in your pit. Yeah, get in your stitch hole. <laughs> That's what we came up with. Get back in your stitch hole. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can only imagine. I yeah. Only imagine. You know, and, and and so if you're able to get your foot in the door and, and show them that you know how to, you got good work ethic, you know, they it, you can just go from there. Right? Yeah. And so, and that's pretty much what I did. And uh, we had some good guys on layout 
uh, which is where you actually put the sail down on the floor, like the uncut sail. Yeah. And you, and you go and measure it in and make sure the geometry is correct on the sail. We had some really, really good guys. Yeah. And and so you would you would work with those. And so you just start learning the ropes, going through, you know, doing all the stuff. And, you know, it's – I mean, it's sort of a process, right? So you, you get a blank sail, which is pretty much rough cut. Okay, and then uh, like approximately the shape, of approximately the, the shape, and at the time it was three DL, which is a a membrane thing that's been you know glued together and sandwiched. You know, it looks like a spider web, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that comes rough cut, you know, from Nevada, and uh, and then uh, you you measure that in so you get the geometry correct on that that rough cut. And then you make sure all the measurements and all the geometries right, and then that's when you trim the sail. And from that trimmed membrane, which is ultimately the body of the sail, mm-hmm. all three corners, um, from there, that's when the assembly goes, and that's where you put on the corners and put on the spreader patches, put on the batten pockets, put on the numbers, put on the telltales, put on the draft stripes, you know, put on oh, the headboard. Stuff, yeah. yeah, it just sort of goes through a process. And if and if you work in a loft like that where you get to follow the process and sometimes change up, you can really be a really well-rounded sailmaker, which is r- really cool. Yeah, because yeah. you're you're really involved in in every step of the way. Yeah, because some on the we would get sales like on a Monday, the blanks, the membranes, uh-huh. and so there might not be anything to stitch, right? So you just start working with the guys on laying them out, and then you get a couple laid out, and then all of a sudden they get taped, which is putting those like the leech tape, luff tape, foot tape on, yeah, stuff like that, or or decoration, which is draft stripes, numbers, numbers. telltales, logo, yeah, you know, and then uh, and from there it's like stitch time, and so you know by by Tuesday afternoon, you'd be like, "All right, for the next for, until Friday, or well, not till Friday, until till Tuesday, five o'clock. I'm just gonna be sewing, you know, which is yeah, it's just fine, you know. Sewing's sewing's there's something there's something hypnotic about there it. Is. I, hey, trust me, I know. I mean, it when you just start with some blank little thing, and then you're even if you're just sewing uh, a cover for one of your hatches or something like that. You finish it, you make these little corners, you put some snaps on it, and you're looking at it like, oh, I yeah, created I made, that. I made something. Yeah, I made something. It makes you, I, I, I've seen a lot of people that have purchased those sail rights, you know, for their boats. Yeah. And uh, initially, when they first get them, they're a little confused, a little scared. And then they learn a couple of things, but the first time they make something, and usually it's a curtain, something of really course. simple. Of course, yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, I'm gonna sew, and they just start sewing all these projects because it is. Oh, yeah. It's it, you are. It's it's a lot like when you're a kid being in art class, and you get a whole bunch of crayons and paints or whatever. And, it is. I, I've I've always cons- I've always considered uh, sail making as arts and crafts gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Really, really expensive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the fr- the very first thing I ever made was a was a duffel bag. You know, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I actually I, still have it. it. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few, uh, a few of yours. Yeah. I had one that I used that was, I think it was made out of 3DL, and it was delamming. Oh, I'm sure there's carbon in there. It says, oh, yeah, you pull yeah. out a, you pull out a sweater, and you're itching for the next three days. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it? like, why did I make it out of that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. Man. So you did, you did 
seven years there in Newport, and yeah. then is that when you went out to uh, Nevada? Yeah. Well, I mean, at the tail end of my my stint in Newport, I was doing sales, S A L E S, um, and and uh, that was fine. It was good experience I, because that's it, the well roundedness part of it is also in the Newport loft is there was the ability for me to get, um, um, you know, um, production experience. Yeah. And then I moved over to service experience. And at that time that they, they were starting to bring on big boat, uh, service, which was very important because then you have to realize that because we didn't make big boat sales in Newport. Those were made somewhere else. Those were made in like Milford, Connecticut. And big, big, loft. big, like we, we need a forklift, we need a crane, you know, you know, we need some heavy, heavy, you know, this thing weighs like a thousand pounds, yeah, you know, you know, spinnakers with, you know, 50 meter loft lengths, you know, t- that type of shit. And, uh, and so that big boat service was actually really important. And, and so when I jumped from production to service, that was, that was probably a good two years. And then after that, there was a junior sales position open and I was like, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, because usually the sales positions are sort of everyone, they covet them, you know, it's, it's just sort of strange. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. But, um, but a sales position did open a junior sales position did open. And so I was like, Oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta do it because just, you gotta do all three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you want to be a badass. You got to do all three. Right. You know, and I was like, this is probably the only time I'm going to get that experience because they, they, they don't let you have it in any other loft unless you've got some Olympic medal under your belt. Right. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you know, like, like they'll, they'll give the sales position to Olympic medalists who's never built a sale in their lives, you know, which is fine. Because they know how to use the product, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, hey, if I'm buying a sale, I'd really like to buy it from an actual sale maker. Yeah, I used to, I used to make fun of the guys. I used to be like, well, at least when on my IRS tax return, when I put sale maker down on this occupation, I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Liars. <laughs> Well, hey, go win a gold medal. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not throwing shade on any of those yeah, guys. Right. But uh, you know, I, I would just. I just wanted to be the most well-rounded dude. You know, and so and so. Yeah. Fr- from there, uh, I ended up. Uh, I actually got a call because I was getting bored because the sales guy thing is actually not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> No, you know, sales. sales. It's sales. It's, sales, it's ass man. kissing. You're, it's you're you know, you're trying to sell a product. Now, it, now it was easy to sell North sales because I actually believed in the product. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's not like you're you're trying to you're sell some like B level stuff. Everything was A level, yeah. right? So you're just like, oh man, I, you just be honest with the guy. You know, you just be honest with the customer, and and they get exactly what they ask for, or you might you might move them in a direction that they didn't know. And you know, the, the sales experience is actually really, really helpful. I mean, I don't, I want, I'm not trying to throw shade on it, but, but uh, uh, I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> just, just put it that way. It was time to move on to something <laughs> different. It was time, and and you know, I I I had helped out with a lot of big programs while I was there uh, in Rhode Island. I had helped out with like ABN AMRO, 
for the Volvo. I had helped out with Mary Cha for, you know, and doing the tickle ups so they could break the, the transatlantic, you know, Charlie Barr's record yeah. for Monohall. And, you know, and there was some, and AB and AMRO went to win the Volvo, you know, that was, yeah. You know, and and there was a bunch of other boats, a bunch of other boats. And I was like, and I would have these guys come in, and they're always Kiwis, always Kiwis, always, always Aussies, so, somewhere other than here, they're, right? They're sailing countries. Man. I know they are. They are island nations, you know. And, and I would work with these guys, and I would say, how did you get on this team? You know, how did you become a shore crew sailmaker? And they would just be like, well, you got to know people. And I was like, connections, man. It is connections, yeah. and and so I knew that I didn't know enough people in the in the like the high high end race. I, I mean, I knew enough, but I didn't. Or I, I I didn't know enough people. Yeah, and uh, and so I was like, I got a call from North Sales, Nevada, which was making all these sales. They had just put in a new floor. <clears throat> And uh, and they're like, you want to come out and build sales? Apparently, they're having a hard time finding, you know, qualified sailmakers yeah. to come out to the middle of the desert. Yeah, that's a hard that's a hard, hard sell. sell there. Yeah, about yeah. <laughs> sales. <laughs> and I wanted to change. I knew that if I wanted to get on a Volvo Shore Crew or a America's Cup Shore Crew, that I would have to go out there. Yeah, yeah. Where the to action build the product to make the 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 shit. You know, because that that floor was brand new, and there wasn't anything under ninety foot LOA that touched that floor, unless you were a Volvo, because you already have an LOA mast. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> ninety feet, <laughs> and, uh, and so I went out there and and just started making big boat sales, production big boat sales, and that was it w- those were the type of sales where don't they have the the floor that. You can the, curve, the mold, yeah, the molds. And you'd be in, a, you'd be in a hammock. People would be in hammocks. Yeah, a little hang glider, uh, hang glider, uh, ha- hammock type. Of, I, I don't know. Right, because there you you lay, you basically lay a sheet of. Describe sort of the process of that, because you know, typical sails are made out of dacron. That's the most. Common, yeah, just right? a dacron roll. These are hardcore race sails, and they're what are they? Mylar. Uh, well, no, I mean, it, I was there for two. 3DL. Well, I was there for two iterations of the product, right? Okay. So there was there was 3DL when I got there, and that's a that's mylar sandwich with either carbon fiber Kevlar or any or another aramid or a Spectra or a blend, depending on what you want. Yeah, you know, because you get to customize it on what goes inside the sandwich what goes between the two pieces of bread yeah you you get to customize and and so what happens is they they have these these big silvery looking platforms that have actuators underneath that shape that that make a mold and you can do any shape you want infinite amount of shapes if you wanted to right but you want to get to the proper sailing shape and what they do is they lay the laminate on top of it vacuum bag it cook it and then pull it off and so now you've got a seamless sail no seams Right, no stitching. Yeah, no, no, like like my sails, you know, have different panels. Panels, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is just one seamless 
mold membrane and then you then you just take that but uh you take that to the floor and you finish it put the corners on yeah, you know, yeah do all the do standard all sail making stuff like that but it, i mean it was pretty it was pretty cool because the floor there in nevada um we only did the the te- top tier yeah yeah you know finishing we would send they would send the molded sails that they would make all over the place Right to be finished, Europe, Sri Lanka, you know, which we had a big um, manufacturing facility. Just, you know, anywhere, anywhere they wanted to finish them. You know, France, you know, New Zealand, Australia, yeah. blah blah blah. Uh, but the um, the ones that we finished there, those were the best ones. In fact, in fact, I the uh, the the boss of the place, uh, this guy Dan Nierak, great guy. Uh, I felt that sometimes maybe they were cherry picking their the the top the the coolest projects oh, right. <laughs> to be finished there so it was, it was it was cool it was it was cool and we had a good good group of people and stuff but i mean it was it was hard work i mean it's pretty the, the when once the sales start it sort of it sort of goes through like a graph what's what's it called like exponential the bigger they get, oh my god, they start getting really heavy oh i can imagine <laughs> what what's the biggest sale you've ever worked on like non, um, non-spinnaker. Um, I think it was maybe. Well, it was definitely. It was definitely the main sales for BMW Oracle. Oh you know? yeah, jeez, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, about that. yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we had like a, it's like a fifty-three, and then a fifty-eight meter mast, and then. Jeez. I, I mean, I, I believe the biggest main sale that I worked on for them was like eighteen hundred pounds. Holy smokes! Yeah, and we were making it as light as possible. Yeah, it's That's just absolutely massive. massive. Yeah, no, we had there was battens that went in there that looked like carbon fiber two by fours. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, you'd you'd hear guys, some of the sailors being like, because we put purchase systems on the the back end, the leech end of the of the of the batten pocket. Yeah, in order to get tension, and uh, and we'd do like a four to one or five to one. And they're like, and they're like, you still can't get enough. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're like, you smokes. still can't get enough. <laughs> well, that that always struck me because I, I remember going from just dealing with boats up to like twenty feet uh-huh. for so many years, and then starting to work on bigger boats and just seeing the size of you know everything from just a shackle yeah. to a pulley to the size line that you use, and always being amazed at how much. How the scale as it scales up, you're just like, oh my god, it's it's the exact same thing, it's way which is, bigger, which is way bigger. Gotta, yeah, got to maintain so much more load. No, it's it's actually quite funny because when you do deal with big boats, yeah, if you know if you're if you're proficient on a small boat, then you can be proficient on a big boat. Oh, absolutely. It's just you just got to understand that everything's just gigantic. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, because I I don't know exactly what the you know, I'm not a designer. I don't even claim to be, but I think they try to do stuff at like three times safety, you know, three to five times safety. What does that mean? Uh, that means that means you're expecting it to break three times oh, more right. than what it's supposed to be used at. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Okay. And so, but I mean, some of that stuff is just, I mean, do not get hit in the head with that. Oh, God, I know. My, my first big boat sailing experience was on a... Um, a 97 footer um in Newport and uh and the owner wasn't on board it was for the uh I believe it was for the first uh Newport bucket 
and uh and it was so, a couture was it uh no it was, it was it had a french female name oh, okay. you know it, it was it was just it was just you know it was standard i, I, I believe the guys from northrop johnson you yeah know, or maxi yeah or something and uh oh no it was it was, it was cruising boat hmm. it was it was a cruiser what kind but, was it uh 97 but it was a it was a sloop <laughs> i do right, know that right. you know i can't i i really don't remember quite a lot of it yeah, you know, yeah. It was, but uh but it was it was funny because when we were <clears throat> one of the one of the mid mass guys was like hey you guys for those who haven't done big boat just like watch out for those sheets because when that genoa comes around it is they will take your head off. Yeah, yeah. And uh sure as shit, dude. He got smacked with the sheet right in his sunglasses. Oh. And they just went flying. <laughs> and this the, the guy telling you, you know, don't get hit with the sheet, got hit with the sheet. Yeah, so yeah, so right. it's like, all right, well this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> and he still got hit with the sheet. I'm like, I don't even being safe on the yeah, you know, yeah. The big boat stuff is yeah, it's it's I mean it's intimidating, but you know, you just gotta be careful, you know. Oh yeah, but, there's you have to you have to follow the the proper sequence of doing things that you know on little boats you can get away with a lot because you can muscle through it yeah but a big boat you definitely can't. yeah you can't put up your hand to stop a sheet from smacking you in the face because oh, no. then, you, then your hand is now smacking yeah, you in the face yeah, yeah. you know but uh but but uh, the other cool thing though about the big boat stuff is that you figure out really quickly is that uh everything is Everything is like two miles down the road. Planning, everyone's head is two miles down the yeah, road. Yeah, oh, it has to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really has to be. And you know, and and most of that stuff's pretty uh, Corinthian, so it's not like people just freaking tacking on people. You know, no, <laughs> not with the price tag. Not with those price tags. I mean, yeah. I mean, they get they do a little bit of that in the J boat class, like J proper J boat class. Yeah, but. Uh, but it's pretty much frowned upon because they're fucking dangerous, you know. Oh yeah, well, pe- yeah, people, people die. Injured. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I I remember seeing that that little clip of the two J boats that hit. Not oh, Sevilla and uh, the other one, one where it kind of runs right, right up on right, it, right in the transom. Yeah, the price tag on that, I couldn't even imagine how much that would cost. Well, and the other thing too is if you if you if you cause damage, like it's not like an F one car where you can just change out the front wing. You know that thing's going on the hard. Oh, now. it's yeah, it's yeah. Been you a you long time. now all that money you spent to fly all those people and house <laughs> yeah. all those people. Guess what? Race is over. Race is over. Regatta actually, regatta is over. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm sure some of the crew are just like, great, and they just get to sit on the beach and get tanked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're in Antigua. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're in the same part, so let's go to the beach. Well, uh, and then, then, sort of the last place really that you were working was out in San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah. I went. Well, no, no. I mean, so. When I was on BMW Oracle, um, you know that that was just that cup, right? The Thirty yeah. Second America's Cup, and so you know I was I was in I was in San Diego. I was going back and forth between San Diego and. How uh, did you get on that team? Uh, because there, the, this is exact, this is how you do it. Okay, the the guys came out there from BMW Oracle, uh-huh. so their their short cruise sail making team came out there. Okay, and. And a lot of them didn't have that much like mega yacht experience, and these boats were big. 
I mean, these are 114 by 90 feet, right? Yeah. I mean, it's massive, massive. And and so a lot of the guys were really, really good sailmakers. A lot of the guys were career America's Cup sailmakers, but they hadn't worked on gear that big. Yeah. And so people breaking needles, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it, they're, it's difficult, you know, unless you've had a lot of practice at it. And so what do you do? You go get drunk with them. Yeah, you go you to go. the bar, you meet them, become friends with them and stuff like that. And at the same time, I was try. I had a buddy of mine who was on a lingy, and I was trying to get a job out there. Because remember, the whole goal going to Nevada was Volvo to short crew or or, team, or yeah. yeah, a short team, and uh, and so I was I was talking to them, uh, lingy, and you know, and they sent me a contract to go out to Switzerland. Oh and, wow! Okay. And build sales out there, and I still have the contract. It's a great contract, Jesus. Uh, I wonder if you would have gone out to, out to that if if they would have won the cup. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> doubtful. You never know. You never know. Doubtful. You could have been the linchpin. No, I think the, I think things. the wing was the linchpin in that yeah, America's Cup. Um, so, but anyways, the guys at Oracle. They, knew i had an only contract and it just hadn't been finalized yet because they're in like some legal battle and so they're just like just stay put stay put it in our sales right we'll, you know as soon as we get this legal shit sorted out you know between the two teams you'll come out to switzerland and uh and the guys at oracle were like great we've got an alingi guy on our floor like oh, looking, yeah. looking at the sails that we're having molded on those flexible molds, right? Right. And they're like, we can't have that. Pick them up. Well, that that was pretty much the thing. It was like, it was like, well, then you hire him then. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he hasn't he hasn't committed to a lingy yet because of the whole legal bullshit. So it's either you pick them up or you, it's your f- problem. Yeah. Because because North Sales wasn't going to get involved. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not to petty shit. Yeah. 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 I, like, it's I don't just one cup. I don't even know what I'm looking at on the mold. I mean, it's some designer somewhere. Yeah, He's, yeah, you know, exactly. crunching numbers. You but know. Still, you know. There's oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they, like I that. think it's like it's like where are they putting that reef? Yeah. Exactly. You know, right. shit like that. And so, uh, and so, BMW Oracle, the guy, um, this guy Craig Phillips and Dan I took me out to lunch one day, and we're, they were just like, you know, do you, you want to be on a you want to be on the team and Daniero is like oh oh wait though wait there's a caveat to this i went away to um antigua for a season and because they knew it would cause i think they knew that it would cause problems if i got hired directly off the floor mm-hmm. and so when i went away to antigua for 2009 sailing season um, to help Andrew Dove, great guy, great guy. If you're ever in Antigua, tell Andrew I said hi. <laughs> yeah, and nice. uh, um, and so when I was in Antigua, I got a call because they knew I was coming back because the, once Antigua's sailing season's over, you got to get out of there, hurricanes. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Caribbean season's a wintertime thing. and then Yeah, yeah, and then it just, just crumbles. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've stayed down there once during like the whole hurricane season oh, yeah. stuff hey, it's a different sort of place. Wait, it's kind of cool in just some once ways. i thought you did i thought you did a couple times well i mean i i was down there for 10 and a half 
to 11 months a year for many years, but there were, there was one year, I think it was after hurricane Earl or something where we just, there needed to be a ton of work done without any guests at the resort. And so I stayed down there through September and all that. And it's, it was cool. It's just how many hurricanes you sit out. Oh, only like two. Something like that. But was one of them pretty big, though, right? Uh, I think it was Hurricane Irene, the one that burnt down oh, Richard yeah. Branson's house. We were we were at that one. That was pretty. Uh, it wasn't bad by any means. Ramps was down there during that one. I think. Oh, that's yeah, right. I, I yeah. had a friend of mine down, and I was you know three days into it, all of a sudden there's this hurricane that that turned a little north and it was going to hit us. And it was only a Cat mm-hmm. One, I think. We actually went like swimming and stuff like that. It was playing in the waves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's, take a, let's take a whaler out. <laughs> I I had to well, it's actually it was kind of this this oh, man, we you know, we, we pull all the boats out at the boatyard, the big boats we have, but we have an express thirty seven. And I had asked Is that the Cosmic Warlord? Cosmic Warlord, yeah. yeah. And it's an old eighty five or a 1985 like race boat, real yeah. slick. You know, oh yeah, no, those are those are great boats. Yeah. Well, at the end of the season, I had asked. I was like, "Hey, do you mind if I'm going to be here for a while? Can I keep that boat in the water for an extra week and then haul mm-hmm. it out then?" Yeah, hauling out. And last. it just happened to be that the hurricane came during that yeah. time, so I put it out on <laughs> the biggest mooring we had, the big hurricane mooring, but. The whole time this storm is going on, which is about 24 hours, I'm having to watch this boat. That you insisted that on I leaving. Insisted <laughs> that I had to do all the safety, the chafing gear, all that. And I remember when the eye, I think it was the eye came over, there was just this little break in the storm. And I zipped out there to just go check the bilge, make sure it wasn't filling up. It was all good, and I came back in. But there were times where you know I'm seeing it, and it would it would heal over well past 45 degrees with the dust. Uh, oh, right. And I'm just like, <laughs> why just, did I do that? I was like, never again. Just all under under out. bare poles. Oh, just, man, uh, yeah. was, I'm bad. responsible for this boat. I, I uh, hated it, and it, you couldn't you couldn't help but look. You'd always look out in the bay, and it was the only boat that was out there. And I'm just like, oh, it's my fault. What have I done? Because if, if it breaks free, there's there's just nothing you. There's do. nothing you can do. You yeah. can. You, you can. You, you there's one thing it. you can do. You, you can just watch. You can watch. Probably <laughs> record it. For, yeah, show your friends yeah, the right, foolish there, mistake so. you made. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so back to uh, sort of the chain of events. Then after after Oracle and after all that, then you wind up out in Sausalito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was because I, I was actually after Oracle ended. You know those boats uh, shrunk in size, and they had wings now, mm-hmm. so it was really slim pickings um, to get on a team, unless you had been there for three cups, right? right. right. And I was I was my first one. You I was a freshman. A, I was a freshman, and uh, so I sort of went out to California, sort of to chase the cup, but. Also, I knew that I I was done with Nevada. You know, I just I just put a sailor in the desert. It's not going to work. It's not going to last. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it lasted for like four years. I don't, you know, it was it was good, great experience. I don't discount any of that. But but it was, man, the desert. Yeah, it's not great. It's a different place. Yeah, it's a different place. And um, and so I saw maybe an opportunity for another cup. 
maybe. If not, still Marin, San Francisco, Marin County. That's you a, know, yeah, I mean, I would say that's that's probably the sailing mecca on the west. Oh, coast, absolutely, right? absolutely. San Diego, really? Yeah, in San Diego, it's like Annapolis. It is it is dead calm all the time. You know, San Francisco is some serious. It's blowing. Oh, it's yeah, blowing. Yeah. It's blowing to to the point of, of to, to the point. Sometimes it's annoying. Yeah, I know. It, it <laughs> it's just is, like I calm mean, down a little bit. It's definitely known for as as being a a really blustery bay oh yeah well i mean there's races out there that have killed people you know so oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. yeah um but but i you know i saw it as a good opportunity they needed they needed help um and i i i had now met so many people at, at north sales oh the connections after that many years must uh, have been yeah insane. well there was actually the sales stuff that this like when i went on boat shows se- selling that it was the online sale stuff, and I was a representative of that. So if you measured your own boat and didn't deal with a salesman, you could get around 20, 25% off your sale uh, for a, a boat under like 38 feet. Yeah. And so I was pushing that product. So that meant I had to go to all of the, all of the boat shows. Right. And I did that for three years. And at every boat show, there's a North Sales booth. And so I'd be the transient guy because you'd have the local reps, yeah, and then yeah. you'd have me as we were trying to push this online thing because you know, of course, everything was going online in the in the in the uh, mid two thousands, yeah. And so we, you know, we, everyone takes advantage of that, including ourselves. And uh, I got to meet everybody that way, you know, and go out and have dinner and and party and have a good time. You know, everyone treats the boat show as a little bit of a party. Oh, it definitely is. You know, I've done it, a couple of yeah, 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 yeah. If I hear Southern Cross one more time, I'm going to put a gun to my head. But <laughs> but I mean, or any Jimmy Buffett song, <laughs> I'm just, gonna just shoot myself in the face. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but you do get a lot of connections, and so I made connections out there I worked well with those guys at the boat show and 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 so i knew that they needed a little help and so i went out there and started working uh with them yeah and and that was good you know it was listen we're in county freaking hands down we're probably one of the coolest places on the planet yeah if you can afford it you know right right yeah, you know a little... and and at a time i could just sort of scooch by you know it was it was just affordable <laughs> yeah right. you know but it didn't really matter because because it it's san francisco in general is such a great place that you just do your, your damnedest to stay out there as long as you can you right know? well <laughs> and you got to see it before sort of the chaos which is yeah taking place now well i i i had went out there right after the crash oh the 2008 crash yeah i saw that i saw the crash in in nevada and the 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 beauty of being in nevada during the crash was the 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 mega rich who were buying those massive sales yeah they didn't stop buying that they didn't stop buying them no they didn't it was like the mid-level yeah everyone else got got it in the butt but they they and they're like, ah, shave off a billion, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going sailing no matter what. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And so I came out there after the crash. So, th- so rents had dropped a little bit, you know. Uh, my wife, Ina, she had, she had mentioned, she had been working in tech, uh, um, and uh, she, had, she, had, she had mentioned before I met her that during the crash, downtown San Francisco looked like an absolute ghost town. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. Like a zombie movie, Jeez. you know. 
So luckily, luckily I missed that, but I arrived right before things start picking up. So it was it was affordable. Yeah, yeah, it was doable. Air quotes. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was pretty much. Uh, were you doing mostly like repairs or rebuilding sales there? All, all repair. Um, every all once in a while, I'd build a rush sale for somebody like a J one eleven or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a head sill or nothing something. Nothing huge, but nothing huge, but still technical. You right, know, right. Oh yeah, and, well, and you gotta make them perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's J one eleven. It's got to fit. It's got to measure in. You know, these are one design sales yeah yeah. and uh you know every once in a while you know uh but but i also i also subsidized a lot of my activities with like being the the commando sailmaker on call which was great because that then that took me to places like doing saint bart's um uh, bucket oh bucket yeah yeah Yeah, the bucket down there i'd go down there every year with with a crack group of guys and 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 we and we just bang out massive mega yacht repairs you know the entire weekend you know or the week you know get flown down to st martin you know doing a lot of caribbean stuff um, key west uh, oh yeah oh uh, no key west was actually in the rhode island days where oh, i used okay, to run yeah. that service loft oh my god what a shit show that was oh, that, uh, that was wasn't that, there one year where it just blew like crazy yeah, i think it was like t- i think it was 2006 either two, 2006 or 2005 we were in this it was it was michelle geslin's loft and she, she since passed and i don't even think it's a loft anymore and it was just up above a supermarket little tiny you know, postage stamp of loft, and and one year we had processed um, three hundred and sixty six invoices. No, oh, in, in five long? days. In five days, jeez. In five days. I mean, I'm not going to go into how much money we made her, right. but you would be shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it was rush jobs, and we're paying regatta overnight prices you know i mean you know, that's, I mean, that's what we're charging yeah because that's exactly what it is so it's not standard like 20 service. hours a day um one day was a full 24 yeah another day was an 18 you know yeah, i i made the folks, i made a massive geez. mistake of bringing a girlfriend of mine down there with me during <laughs> one of those and i was and she was just like what is this He's like you, you're, you live here, so I'm not seeing you while you're here. I'm like, I guess not this year. No, get out there, enjoy the beaches. I, exactly, you know, you know. But I think it was like I should have told her that before you went that I, way. Never bring a spouse on a work trip. <laughs> never do that. Is words the, to live by. That is words to live by. That is the stupidest mistake you can possibly make. <laughs> yeah, just go there, get your work done, get the fuck out, get back home. Yeah, there you uh, go. You know, but. Uh, you know, but but uh, any uh, where were we? Where were we? No, we're yeah. just now. Now I I think that sort of coincides with the the timeline, and then obviously you went down to St. Pete where you live now. Yeah, and then yeah. you're you know you're off doing sort of some of this other stuff, but you can't really talk about that, can you? No, no, I actually can. I, I, I sure? can. Sure, you don't. Yeah. Want, I don't want to get you in trouble. Or no, anything. no, no. We've no. We've already. They've, they've already okayed a bunch of stuff for social media. You know. I mean, oh, they have. Yeah, okay. yeah, they have. Yeah. So where are you now? Well, after I went to St. Pete because because I finally crumpled to the expensiveness of, of the Bay Area, Cincinnati, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I miss it so much. But uh, 
so St. Pete was sounded like a great place. I'd been there before, been there boat shows. I had two friends down there. I was asking them how they were doing. They were both sail making. Seemed like a great opportunity. You know, my my wife, uh, you know, she's an executive accountant or senior accountant, so she can pretty much pick up work wherever. Might as yeah. well be a doctor, lawyer. She's super smart. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that helps. Yeah, sisterina. It, yeah, where where I was more of having to pick and choose certain locations based on the the boating community. Yeah, yeah. And so, but St. Pete sounded like a great, great, great idea, and so went down there. Worked for just the most biggest joke failure of a loft <laughs> that I've ever seen in my entire life of all sail making. And, and I had a friend there who he got me into the job. We were paid shit. It was, it was a nightmare. The, 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 uh, like, I've been doing this for 20 years. The owner was a fucking raging alcoholic. It, I mean, it was just mismanaged right into the ground. You can, and I, I used to just bite my tongue because I knew it was going to fail. Yeah. And I was just constantly trying to think what my next move would be. Because I knew this was failing, yeah. and I had, I had friends there who were working there who didn't who weren't didn't have that mindset, right? You weren't constantly thinking about okay, when this fails, what else am I going to do? Yeah, you know, my my wife had already established a, a, you know a position of employment there, yeah. and and uh, and so I remember one of my buddies who unfortunately was working for this uh, this clown of a corporation. And he and he goes, he goes, he goes, he's like, he's like, fuck this. I can't believe this is happening. This is just failing so quick. And it, it was a blueprint for a really good loft. The, I mean, everything was there. Yeah. It had all the stuff. It was just mismanaged straight into the ground. Augered, augered right in. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I, I was looking at one of my buddies and I said to him, I said, dude, do you realize they don't even have a class at Harvard that can teach you and warn you from this type of mismanagement. We are getting a master class of what in what not, not to, to do. do. Yeah. Like everything that that these people did, you if you would have just done the opposite. You you, you would have been yeah. a success. Hey, sometimes a bad example, you're going to learn a whole lot more from that than you would yeah. a good example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Be a lighthouse. Yeah, right. Be like, stay off these rocks, man. <laughs> you know, happening to me. See, see, <laughs> see? Oh yeah, I, it was a joke. It was a joke. Uh, but you know, but because of that, I I ended up sort of where I am now because uh, the, the the guys at Doyle it was an end of, it, it, because I had moved from Doyle or from North Seals to Doyle, and uh, but the loft in St. Pete was an independent loft. I'm, yeah. I'm not there's no logo associated with them. Right, right, right. But it was just a different brand. But it was independent. It had you know nothing to do with the management of any other company. Yeah, and. Uh, you're and, covered, bro. Yeah, yeah, and but 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 the beauty of of going there and having friends at the Doyle brand is that when that did fold like a lawn chair, uh, the uh, the Doyle guys were like, "Well, hey man, we can't you we can, you're not you're not gonna be sleeping on the streets. We we've got stuff for you yeah, to do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I ended up doing is is spending like two weeks a month up in Salem, Massachusetts. 
right back to building. so there is yeah there's a lot of moving around yeah there's, there's a lot of moving stuff, around yeah. no i actually i actually did the math the other day and uh I've lived in twenty percent of the United States. Wow! Holy smokes! Yeah, ten states. Yeah, that's since, pretty cool though. I, you know, at yeah. least you get you get all these different sort of experiences. Well, you you do you do, and you know what is shit and what is good. Yeah, yeah. you know, like like so you can avoid. You can avoid, you know, it's like I, you know, I, I particularly, I, I'm fond for, you know, of course, you know, water states, you know, but and. and but I, I've lived in enough landlocked places, you know, to understand what the different vibes are. You know, I mean, right. sail making has actually taken me quite far, you know, as far as as far as geography goes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, so so, anyways, I was working with the guys in Salem, but then COVID hit, and and since um, Doyle, uh, they're they're owned by the Kiwis. Um, they they were actually we were one of the first companies I heard of to stop travel. Oh, okay, yeah. And so I couldn't, I couldn't go between St. Pete and Salem, Massachusetts anymore, and uh, and so I was like, SOL for a little bit, right? You right. Know? And uh, I think it was the first time in my life ever that I collected unemployment, you know, which in Florida is a joke. Yeah, yeah. It was like two hundred and forty-seven dollars a week or something or a month. There's, Probably a week, a month would have been stretched. Yeah, it, it was it was something that you would you can't exist on. Yeah, well, I I had to go on it for I think I was on it for two months maybe or something because after it hit me when I was in the middle of doing a book tour and speaking stuff and yeah. one day I had like seven bookings in the following two months and the next day I had none. Yeah, zero. All kids. Yeah. I was actually supposed to fly out and do one for Facebook. That was gonna really? be like the oh, big, oh, the big one. Oh, San kick. Francisco, first class, oh, and that, kick and to the throat, dude. Yeah, yeah, I can't breathe. Down, down in a fiery. fiery <laughs> oh, that sucks. But, dude. Hey, you know, with all that, the thing I always say is, some people uh, had to deal with much worse than I did. So. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it just sort of sucked for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but through so you're the, down and out, you're on unemployment. You're probably starting to do. Are you stealing stuff yet? No, not yet. Stealing and, cars? No, but I'm running up debt. Yeah, right. you know, just like everybody else. You know, luckily my wife was gainfully employed at a at a, at a place that's definitely not shutting down yeah, anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, and uh, and and so, but I was shut down. Yeah, and um and if and I was on a contract basis, so. Svenny don't work, Svenny don't get paid, and hence why I was on, on unemployment. And uh, luckily, though, I, I, I was reaching out to one of the guys um, at Doyle, and, and I, said, I, said, I said, man, what, guys, you got to help me here. What, what am I going to do? Yes, is there something man. here? Is there something in the U.S.? And they said, give this guy, Andrew Hamm, a call. And, um, and I did. And, uh, and it turned out to be aerospace, you know, and, uh, now, now I'm in New Mexico, unfortunately splitting my time between, um, Florida and, and New Mexico, but it turned out to be just an absolutely incredible experience, you know, still, I mean, still is, I mean, I still work for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what um, are you doing? Uh, I'm doing, uh, we're, we're building airships. 
you know we're, futuristic blips yeah we're we're building stratospheric airships stuff that that, that gets launched you know from the ground and yeah. then goes up and and hopefully stays as long as you can get it to stay in the in the stratosphere around 65,000 feet Jeez. yeah and it's all out of sail material and uh well it's yeah well at the, at this point the concepts are still well i mean which which are essentially I've now worked with almost every fabric imaginable, yeah. every every high performance fabric, you know, high high performance textile, yeah. right? And so, because of all those years of working with high performance textiles, the, the translation is like ninety nine percent into doing this because essentially what I'm building is most of the time is a spinnaker that sort of touches itself, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's a close thing, but it's all. The lightest of the light, the strongest of the strong, and and it it it, it the, there there's nothing lost in translation. Yeah. In fact, in fact, there's there's five America's Cup guys, ex America's Cup guys that are on, working on the team. On the team, yeah. I mean, that's how, how that, that's how much it translates. Yeah. You know, and and that and so that that saved that saved my life. Yeah, you know, yeah, getting that sure. that job it was fantastic. It still is. I mean, it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, it's just super high tech, super fun. You know, I mean, we heck, I tried to get you to come yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. You know, but but ended up with uh, our mm-hmm. brother Adam. So I mean, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. keeping in the family. You know, our cousin Chris, he's he's doing machining. You know, for, for him, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, but they're big. It's big gear. It's big gear, and that's the other thing that helps translate. Is, you, you know. I would figure that the guys who like who like wrench on like F one cars, you know, they 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 win at eighteen to like a Ferrari dealership, and we're just like I'll 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 just empty the trash every day until I finally get to turn a wrench, yeah, and then all of a sudden next thing you know they're like changing tires at a at an F one right stop, right. you know. Well, it is, yeah. the The world takes you all over the place as long as you're. You know, you do have to have some focus on exactly what you focus, want to do. Focus, drive, yeah. willing to just put in the hours, yeah, and do, and do the shit job. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of the work's really hard work. Oh yeah, you know, I can't tell you how much I walk a day. You know, because I'm I'm sticking these seams that are at you know at sometimes like you know like 37 meters. Yeah, right? yeah. so you got to prep the thing. You're on your feet all day. It's you know, it's it's not. It's not that's just sit and listen to podcasts behind a sewing machine. No, no, it ain't that. Yeah, you know. But but if you're willing to do it, they, you know, you can get some opportunities that pay well. You just gotta be willing to take the shit job every once in a while and let people know that you did it. Yeah, that okay. <laughs> helps too. I'm the one who did the shit job. Yep, I did it. I, I did it. Willing and able. Willing and able. You got another one? Sign me up. Don't do it. Well, what what sort of has been? I guess I guess do you have any uh, highlights from your your career in sail making? Well, I mean, drinking champagne, vuv out of the uh, fucking America's Cup. That's pretty. Oh fucking, yeah, geez. Yeah, yeah taking a mouth a mouth mouthful of bubbly out of that thing. Yeah, I mean that was cool. Um, I think just I you know you know what the, the the coolest thing is 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 for a while there because we were working on really you know frontline sales for frontline boats like cutting it, edge just the cutting edge the brand new stuff is it like every time you saw a sailing magazine in the lunchroom yeah there'd be your work right on the front right cover. yeah I can every remember time. you every, always saying like oh yeah I did that one did every that time one. yeah every time every time and I think that's that was just sort of cool. Yeah, you know, it's just like you, hey, it, because it never stopped coming. 
Yeah, right. Every issue, there'd be like, you know, just, and pick a sailing magazine, pick Seahorse, Yachting World, Sail, you know, Sailing, you know, any right. of those. It would be since Latitude 38, you know, it'd just be on there, you know, it would, you know, some of your work, you know, whether it was like just graphics or you actually built the sail or did, did some of, you know, were a participant in the team on how to, you know, get that boat on that cover. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it was cool. What, what's been one of the most nightmare things you've had to deal with oh oh i i want to tell you exactly what the most nightmare oh, thing Christ. i had to do yeah i got sent down to uh rio rio de janeiro and had to fix a, a, a luff tape because the batten pockets on a mega yacht a 37 meter boat had started to chew through the the, the forward ends the luff ends uh-huh. and so the uh the batten pockets needed to re- be repaired, and we did this with something like maybe a little bit bigger than a sail, right? Oh, jeez! All right, and in a loft the size of—I mean, I mean our, this basement. Describe this basement, Jerome. I mean, uh, tiny, tiny, <laughs> tiny, with with people who did not speak English, and I did not speak Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we started to go to hand stitch. Some of the things where the sewing machine wouldn't get to, like we're driving awls through the material in order to make a pass through. Yeah, yeah. To, to put a needle, a hand sewing needle. And I come to find out that in, inside this sail loft, there's only three rusted hand sewing needles, and we've just broken two. And this is like day three. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It, I've never been so like. I've never. I've never taken on a project where i thought i might fail you know i've never i've never I've, i'll always take on any project yeah but yeah. i've I've never been involved in one where i thought i'd fail yeah and i was i thought i would fail yeah when you're just gonna have to throw up the white flag I, like i'm like i don't know what to do, do this i don't there's nothing i can do here you know i'm like I, this is i can't get any better than i can't help yeah, we're just, just standing around control. staring at the sail. It's staring at the, these broken because, needles. Because once you pull the sail apart, now it's unusable. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so the problem was getting it back together again. Oh my god! Yeah, and it was an absolute nightmare. It was just an absolute nightmare. I remember driving. We had a, the boat was located like two hours south of Rio, and uh, we drove down again with my crew of people who don't speak English and I don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> crew of three guys and we go to put the sail back on the boat and uh i remember like like the crew helped but they weren't a big help and the captain was really insistent on inspecting every last inch of the sail like like i had done something wrong yeah yeah i'm I'm like i'm just here to help you man help me let me get the fuck out of here and uh i remember getting that once we got that sail on I mean, we were all four of us were just absolutely starving, and we pulled into some gas station. I was eating like a a Brazilian gas station hamburger, <laughs> and I saw I saw it's pretty f- good. It was it was actually better it's than an American one. Good. Yeah, right. And uh, and I uh, and I saw a four pack of Stella, and I was just like, "This is my ride home." Gimme, gimme, <laughs> gimme, gimme. Yeah, right. No drinking and driving laws down there. I, I can imagine. Well, I was a pastor. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's no laws. Period. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, they, most of there's there's a few places in South America that I would like to see someday, but mm. 
Not a whole Brazil doesn't really appeal to me much. Well, Rio is cool, but I was I was located like next to the yacht club. Yeah, and that's in a really nice part of Rio. It's really safe. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And and so, but there is there is this disgusting disparity between. Oh yeah, rich for and sure, poor man. there. For and, sure. Yeah, okay. So I got to hang out in the rich place for a while, you know. Yeah, but but I. Where, where the guys that I worked with, where they were living, I'm sure I'd be dumpy on the street after, yeah, yeah. after yeah, sunset. This is, it. <laughs> is, it, is it great? You know, it's, it's not Makati or Manila, yeah, yeah, but right. it's still pretty. You know. Well, I just, I still remember when, when I was working in the British Virgin Islands at, at the bitter end and you showed up after, I, it, I had to have been the bucket. No, it was after Antigua, wasn't it? I, it was. I, it was one of the two, and you showed up. Just you looked, you looked like you hadn't slept in like three days. Oh, that would have been a bucket. You looked yeah. so depleted because you had been on one of the 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 those little crews that go down and just do all the repairs for their guys. Yeah, yeah, overnights. Just yeah, where it's oh like, yeah, my god, yeah. yeah. yeah you, you had like a I don't know, like a twelve pack or twenty four pack of beer, and I don't think you moved from my porch. No, I don't think I did either. <laughs> Man, I, just, I just sat there, just grabbing them out of a cooler. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it, no, it kicks your fucking ass. You oh know? yeah, there's no, there's for no sure. doubt about that. Yeah, it's good. I mean, those those kinds of jobs, you get paid cash, right? So you're just down there for a money grab. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's and it's uh, you know, well, I guess. But it's good to keep your name out there as well because I mean, all the big boats come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like they see you. They say, "Hey, Sven," you know, from last year. Yeah, you. Oh, wow. Hey, what's up, man? You know, and so that it's good. But ooh, what an ass kicking! What yeah, an ass, yeah, yeah. four in the morning. Just on your last thread, and just I mean, just just worked and covered in salt from all the wet sails. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and then and, and then you, yeah, I mean, you looked totally depleted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, but no. that's what makes that's what carves character into people. I oh think, yeah, it's you know. a tough job. Yeah, it's a tough job. It's funny because I w- I would have probably kept going down there. Only if it was the same like group of guys, like guys like Eric Wakefield and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because when you hear the story, we don't do it anymore because they wanted to send it in a new team, sort of get them some experience. But it's, it's funny. They, they don't last very long. No, no. Huh? No, they do Burns maybe one or two max, you know, and they're like, fuck this. I'm not doing this you shit. You got to have a heart of stone to go yeah. down there. Hey, you just got to go down there and just be greedy as hell and be like, I'm coming down here for money, money man. Yeah. You know, I need the money. Well, and the whole time there's the allure of all this partying and all Oh, there's no partying. Destination. There's no partying. Yeah, but it's it's happening. You're just not there. Oh, yeah, you're not a part of it. No. Yeah, you see it. It's yeah. across the back. But if you're a young buck going down there, you're oh, you like, think oh, it? You know, can I, yeah, oh yeah. Think I can? Yeah, and it's like no, no, no. You're here to see work. That pile? See that pile? See of that pile of yeah. sales? See that pile of wet sales? Well, do you have? Uh, I guess because I, 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 I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure I got a lot of sailors that listen to this podcast that own their own boats and everything. Yeah. You know, any uh, any sort of top tips for the old? Us old guys that use the old Dacron and uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what, what would of... you say to somebody who? Because a lot of people look at their sales; they're a few years old or whatever, and they're the questions I always hear is, you know, I don't know if I if the sales any good. Should I send it to a repair place? Should I just get new ones? Where can I get new ones? 
Well, I mean, if you if you're in a place that's you know like a sailing sort of where there's a lot of boats, yeah, odds are there's a loft somewhere nearby. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as far as like taking care of your sails and stuff like that. I mean, if when buying sails, yeah, if you buy from a reputable company such as Quantum, Doyle, or North Sails or something like that, you're probably going to get a really standard product especially if it's cross-cut dacron you know it'll it, last it'll well 10 15 years depending yeah, on what you yeah do with probably it. but the problem is with the cross-cut dacron is it, it loses its shape real quickly yeah you know yeah. like and we're talking like in a couple years it's efficient sailing shape right now if you're just beam reaching around all day yeah, if you're you know, not racing, but you've, you've got your cruising well, boat. Well, the, the the flip side of that coin is if you do have a cruising boat and you are trying to make head to wind and you're going to be there for a couple of days, yes, that sail shape does make a difference. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, it, it can shave off a day off your off your time. You know. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, sure. but if you're beam reaching on the weekends with your wife, it doesn't really matter, you know. But if you're a serious sailor or, or if you want your, your boat to be tight, and upwind, you know, you're you're gonna have to either get a certain product like a paneled sail or a laminate sail, because the the the, the crosscut dacron just loses shape so quick. Well, what, what what sort of sail material for somebody who who owns a boat that like like me? Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm I'm not planning on doing a a big voyage. I'm yeah. I'm planning on doing you know the Caribbean in the winter. And bring it up to New England in the summer, but but be on the boat and be using it. And right. I wanted new sails. What what sort of thing would you, I guess, recommend as far as cost? You know, something that would that wouldn't kill you well, as far as cost, but but would last for a long time. Definitely don't go with the crosscut dacron. What would you go with? I I would go with like a either a you know paneled laminate, uh-huh. like a tri radial. Try radio. That's what mine on that's Sparrow what, that, is, Those right? are the ones that we built for you. Yeah. Yours aren't laminate. Yours are woven, but right. they have Dyneema in it. So they're just as expensive, if not even more expensive. Than, right. Well, than and they're also laminate. really heavy. They're well, they are. Because we, yeah, we built them like brick shit houses. Yeah, on, but they're yeah. Southern Oceans. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so. you're going around the world. Different. You know? um, I would go with as, as light of a cruising uh, laminate tri-radial panel you know sail mm-hmm. as i as i could you know um you might want to beef it up one weight if you're going to do some you know caribbean and back type of thing yeah, yeah. or Offshore. or or if you're just a, a guy who's going out every weekend not missing a weekend because you're, you know your your sailing you season yeah. you're, you're got new england sailing season or or michigan sailing season you got to get out there man if you're going to enjoy your boat you know, I think that's your best investment, and those sales can last a really long time. You know, how, the, how long do you would you expect out of getting getting out of one? Of those? Well, it's, maybe not in in years, but miles. Uh, well, you know, it's it's it, there's a bunch of variables there. You know, fifty thousand though. I mean, ballpark. I, I I don't know. I'd be I'd be I'd be scared to scared give to it. Say it. Yeah, because because it depends on. Your sail handling, yeah, yeah. You know how are you using your sail? Yeah, are you luffing it out like crazy? Exactly. Or are you reefing it? All you know, the, the, time the, and... the biggest thing if 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 a cruising guy who's using their boat occasionally really wants to save their money and put get the most out of their sails, uh-huh. if you're not going sailing for a couple months, take your sails down. That's it. 
Don't like take them t- completely off the yeah, room take, and everything. Take, take, take everything put off. Put them in a bag. and Put them in your garage. Put them someplace where a dehumidifier is running, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The number one sale problem that we see is ultraviolet radiation. Yeah, yeah. That, that sun damage. The sun wins every time. Cover those sails, yeah, guys. Cover yeah, them. You have to. You have to take your head sails down. Just because you have a strip of umbrella or UV Dacron on the leech of your Genoa or your or your or your jib, don't think for a second that it's not killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, True. and when it rains, if you don't think there's algae going to be growing, oh yeah, there is. It's happening while you sleep. So even yeah, even if you've got a, a roller furling headsail, if you're if you're parking up in Beaufort, South Carolina, and you're there for two months, and you're you take there that for thing a couple down. Months, take it down, put it in a bag every time, boat, every time, you know? and and Smart. and don't don't be lazy. I can I can go and bend on a forty five foot headsail with a fifteen year old girl. With it, one hand tied behind your with back. With one hand tied behind my back. It takes all of all of fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. Don't be lazy. You know, it just keep the sails out of the sun. If they're if you're not going sailing, don't leave them up. Just go bare poles. You yeah, know, yeah. And the mainsail can sometimes be a little bit of a harder deal. And if you've got a good mainsail cover, that yeah. you should be fine. Right. You should right. be fine. But get that headsail down. Get yeah, it down, yeah. get it down. People come into me. I, we, I, I total. When someone comes into me with a with a, a sale and they have to inspect it, most of the time I end up having to total them. Yeah, yeah. Because then they're like, "Oh, can't you fix it?" I'm like, "There's nothing here to fix." Yeah. Well, see, a lot of people and I, we, there was a little sale off down where I was, and all these other sort of new sailors were coming in and. They would always they'd have a few tears or this or that in one of their sales. They'd take it to the loft and and they'd come back and be like, yeah, he just he told me there's really nothing for him to fix because the the whole thing is gone. Yeah, and yeah, it is, you know, it, it's sort of like it rots out to a point where you can put a patch on top of that material, but it's just going to tear that material out at the edge. Yeah, at yeah. the edge of where that patch is. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I try. I tell customers this all the time. I'm like, you can't bring a dead dog to the vet. Like, <laughs> I want one more game of fetch. I want one yeah, more. Okay. I just want to throw the stick one more time. <laughs> it's like the, the vet's going to look at you like you got a third head. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> you can't do it. What about know? what you know? If you're if you're out there and uh, you get a little tear or something like that, you start to see some wear and tear. What would you recommend somebody do if they, if they just needed to? Well, I mean, their own for a little bit. Well, I mean, if you're out if you're out at sea or you know or you, I mean, even if you're just sailing around a bay, any bay, which yeah. are, um, you know, it's always good to have a couple things on board. You know, you know, if they, if you catch something on something like. Uh, you know, if you catch the foot of your oh, like your, on a barb on a on a stanchion or something. Yeah, like yeah. like some of the wiring might have you know got a sharp edge or something like that, and you get like a little tear. Yeah, you know, it's always nice to have that sticky back. You know, yeah, that's and it. and there's different weights of that. Like you can be like, hey man, can you give me some woven spectra? Which is PSA, which stands for pressure sensitive adhesive, mm-hmm. and so that all that stuff's PSA. So you rub it down, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're trying to do an onboard repair, the best thing you can do, I mean, if it's a small tear, it's not in a high load bearing area. Mm-hmm. Um, what you can do is is you know 
I always recommend have a little acetone on board. Always use the acetone. Always, always. use it. Yeah, always use the acetone. And you know, if you clean a spot on a sale, and you don't even have to do both sides sometimes. Yeah. Because the stuff's so aggressive, but it's got to be clean. It's gotta it has. Be clean. It has to be clean. If it has even a hint of, of salt. Forget about it. It's just gonna fly. The minute It'll you fly put off. it up, it's just gonna fly. Like, like when those sales are clean. I mean, we we put those numbers on there, the logos mm-hmm. and the numbers on there. I've seen sales twenty years old. That stuff Still, ain't it's, yeah, it ain't coming off, and it it's flapping in the breeze. It is, know? yeah. They're flogging. That, that definitely says they're something. they're five seconds early to the start, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised the telltales are even there at that point. <laughs> you know? right, right. Yeah, and, and and so yeah, if you get it clean and you, and you put something on there, and then you know that should keep it going for a while. But you, you know, I recommend everybody take their sales in once to two times a season. It depends on how much you use it. It's like it's like if if I had a track car, right? I'd be changing tires all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, the sails are the engine and the tire of your boat. Okay. So if you are revving it up and peeling out, well guess what? Your tires aren't gonna last so long. You know? But if you maintain, take care, you know, and buy buy a, a a, a product that's suitable for your boat and your sailing style, mm-hmm. then they can last for a long time. You yeah, know? yeah. But but if you just if you walk away from your boat and you don't use your boat and you just leave your sails out, they just they're just gonna they're rot, gonna rot, rot away, in the yeah. wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, do do most say sailmaker or sail lofts? You could you could take your your sails in and say, hey, can you just inspect these? And absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I we got guys all the time. are just like we're doing the annual. Right, right. You know, a lot of people take their sails in too, just to get them cleaned, which I don't particularly recommend. Why would you do that? Could just go out to sea because that yeah. the mix of, of sun, a sail uh, uh, in uh, the sun and in the salt. salt. That, you know that the mighty sparrow. It uh, the guy that fixed it bought it at auction because it, it was sunk in a hurricane in a river in Florida, and so it was filled with mud and muck and water, and all the sails were completely just filthy. And I still there's there's old pictures I have of when Dad and I did the initial sale, and it was brown. The freaking mainsail was brown. Now it's just gleaming white. My because the original you, one you used it because I well I I probably put twenty five thousand miles yeah, on it, yeah. and, and it's just bleaching in the sun. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we do we get a bunch of you know guys who really want bright white sails. Yeah, but well, what, if you if you get rust on your sail. Which is pretty common because it's yeah. you know like uh, flaked over a, an old rusty bolt or something. Of course. How can you get that out? Um, they do make a, uh, a, a a product called a rusticator, and I it's, and it won't damage the material. No, because w- once it starts um, dissolving the rust stain, mm-hmm. you hit it with water and you it neutralizes. It. I believe yeah. it's muriatic acid. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds and, about right. Yeah, but there's a there is a product called e-rusticator, and but the nice thing is once it's like, I mean, you'll stand over it and the rust will disappear in front of your eyes. Yeah, and then the moment it's it's disappeared, you yeah, just you just, just toss a bucket of water on it, and, right, and, and right. then it's gone, and then it, it's so diluted by that point, it might as well just be vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's not a big deal. But yeah, I just you know I don't recommend cleaning sails all that often because it's actually pretty brutal 
yeah, on yeah. the fabric. It's it's mm. like cleaning a, a rare coin. You don't do it. Yeah, you don't, you do, just it. don't do it. You don't do it. You don't do it. If you, if you want white sails all the time, if you like white sails, that if that's your bag, well then you gotta be the dude that takes the sails down if he's not going to use his boat for two months. Yeah, yeah. You know, it takes it takes fifteen minutes. In a in a actually not even a fifteen year old girl a ten year old girl okay that's all it takes you and a ten year old girl and that's it that's oh it. I always when I'm up in the boatyard uh, at the after I sail if you up see a there, boat on the hard with their sails on that person has made a grave mistake as far <laughs> yeah, as their oh, investment yeah. that person doesn't either know or they don't care. There's there's plenty of them uh, that you see that you see yeah. that still still on there and everything. Usually the yard will actually will tell you you got to take them down because we have we've had oh they've come undone and yeah. then yeah they're flagging on the uh, on the jack stands yeah oh, yeah, hey, yeah. We, we had that happen uh, it was blowing about fifty uh, in the nor'easter up in Maine and one night I I I heard. The sound of a sail. I was uh, living on the hard there on Mighty Sparrow, and I heard the sound of of a flapping sail and pop up. And and the it's other yard good. guys. This was before I was working for them. Mm-hmm. The other yard guys, they haven't got a clue what to do. They're just watching it, and they're watching the boat slowly rattle, and and it's gonna it's gonna end badly. Like the mast yeah. is gonna come down, or the something's gonna, gonna happen. Over. And yeah. it's it's packed in with all these other boats. Oh yeah, no, it's someone else's clue ring just smashing up yeah. against the oh, next yeah. boat next to it for the next six hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so yeah. hopped up and and yanked it down and stuff. But yeah, after that, I think that the rule is if if your boat if you're not gonna be working on your boat. You got to pull that stuff down. No, I think yeah, that should be every yard's policy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, it's just if you're not using your boat, like yeah. wait, like in Sausalito, um, we we'd go down and walk the yard uh, or walk the docks, you know, to go get sales from customers and stuff like that. And any given any given pier, there was at least ten boats that needed a UV cover change. Yeah, because these boats haven't been touched. And they haven't been sto- the sails haven't been stored properly, and some of them, you can just tell. Like you can go up. Here's a great rule of thumb: if you think that your UV cover needs to be replaced or possibly re-stitched, stitched again, because the sunbrella does pretty well. Yeah, you know, protecting it, it. yeah, protecting it. it but it, it does front. it does have a it does have an age on it. But it, it but odds are you'll need it re-stitched before you need it replaced and one of the rules of thumb is if you can go up with your thumbnail it's literally a rule of thumb mm-hmm. if you can go up there with your thumbnail and aggressively scratch at the stitching and the stitching um, disintegrates then you need a restitch yeah you know and that can save you a lot of time and money if you go in there and you just preemptively do it because that way you're you you don't get in a situation where a gale comes through in the middle of the night and now half of your um, oh, yeah. UV covers yeah. flagging off and because they can't, re- they can't repair that. They have to replace that. Yeah. That's they're, they're never going to get it flat again because it's going to be, the fabric's going to be so distorted. It's going to be stretched out, warped. Uh-huh. You know, they, yeah, it would just look like shit. Yeah. You know, if you, and if you're, if you own a boat, you, 
probably have a little res- self-respect, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of boat owners. I know there are. Days. I know there are. But of, you know, if it if you took the time, the if you took the time to learn how to sail, I think you've got to be able to have a, just a shard of respect somewhere, uh, self-respect. Somewhere buried inside. Yeah, of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. Oh man. Well, that's cool. Well, uh, I yeah, we're we're well on to the time. Uh, one minute. Let's see. Oh yeah, we're at like an hour and a half now, so we've uh, we've sort of blasted past the uh, the hour mark. But um, like I said, I I think uh, I think we'll we'll try and do a, a second one. That's yeah, I'd love to do a completely different subject matter. Uh, oh yeah, no, I'll I'll spit game and anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it'll, yeah. it'll be pretty fun. But I mean. Over the course of uh, sort of your career and everything, is it has it been? Uh, I don't know. What's what's? I guess. What have you learned from it all? Um. Just Put do the shit the job, dude. Just do, just the, do the shit job. Just do the shit job, man. And it, and and people become to they, they come to rely on you, and then no, you don't fold under pressure. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. That's the big. That's the big thing. And I and also always eyeball the cool shit. You know, like if I were to write, do it all over again, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would, I would, uh, yeah, I would think carbon fiber design would be really interesting. You know, getting as high tech as you know possible. Yeah. You know, I think being on the bleeding edge of everything always keeps you in lockstep with the people who are also doing the same thing. So, the so innovators, it, it, yeah. The the innovators are always looking for somebody to help them, and if you're just if you stopped learning sail making. 10 years ago because you're just like crosscut Dave. Right. You know, then you're not then you're you're not going to be wanted in the in the bleeding edge stuff. And so so always keep your eye on what's happening now, always learn it, understand it because dude, I I've always seen sailmakers fall aside and I've always seen people this is just life in general, right? Yeah. If you aren't interested in what's happening tomorrow, then you're just yesterday's news. Because you really got to be constantly focused on what the next thing is in order to make sure that you know how to use it, you know how to manipulate it, you know how to, you know, acquire it, you know, whatever. You know, you just got to always just keep looking because just because a product, just because sail making is like as old as carpentry, dude, tomorrow's a totally different day than yesterday. Yeah, there's going to be new... New levels, new bars set. There's always going to be something new. There is always a record falling. Yeah. Right? And they did it with something else, or else the record would have stayed. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so you always got to figure out, how do I how do I be there? That's that's all I got. That's all I got. Hey, it's very insightful, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just make sure you're in the know. Make sure, make sure you're paying attention in the Pay meetings. Attention, yeah, attention and in. and those connections. And one, connections. be at the meeting, and two, while you're there, you might want to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Life lessons, Sven Rand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, and uh, yeah, other than that, just uh, keep an eye out because we'll uh, we'll be doing another one shortly. No, thanks for having me. I'm glad we were able to do this while I was up here. It's very cool, brother. Yeah, yeah no, it was very fun. Very All fun. right, man. All right, bro. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy the podcast and want to support it, just go to podbean.com and you can become a patron and keep the show on the air. Also, if you like the music at the beginning, the album is called Deep Teal and the artist is Adrian Edson. 
It's available on Amazon Music. And if you want the full story of the trip around the world, the book, the Kindle book, and the audiobook can all be found on Amazon.com, Sailing into Oblivion, the solo nonstop voyage of the mighty sparrow. Fair winds and following seas.